Welcome, I'm Julie Bacon, and you're listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast, a podcast for dog handlers who are on a mission to achieve big goals. I will share lessons, insights, personal stories, and tools you can apply during your next show, trial, or test to help you strengthen your mental game and hopefully cue more consistently. So if you are ready to improve your competitive mindset, get out of your own way, and connect with your dog like never before, then it's time to get comfy, bring an open mind, and work your mindset. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week I am taking a listener request and we are going to talk about big events. How to get ready for them, how to stick to your rituals, how to stay focused in light of all that's going on. And yes, because the Olympics are on TV, I'm going to make some references because I think watching the Olympians prepare to begin their sport, begin their turn, begin their whatever, their round, their trip, their whatever they're about to do is very telling. And so I'm going to draw a little bit on a pot or from that, I should say. And if you hear some uh, heavy breathing, it's because Trip has decided to join me this week. And um, apparently he needs to tell me how hot he is. So yes, and he's literally lying behind me. So this is real life with dogs, as you all know. Okay, so let's talk about big events. All right, so first of all, I'm going to say a big event is any event that's big to you, okay? It doesn't mean that if you don't go to a national or some big regional or even your specialty that this recording is not for you, okay? It means that whatever event is really important or major or it could just be a really busy event. Maybe you're going to a cluster where you're going to get to compete in multiple venues at the same show. Um, it could even be kind of a mini cluster to you where maybe you're just in two rings, right? Like obedience and rally is a really common combination. And so when you think about what is a big event, that's for you to decide, right? No one else gets to decide that but you, okay? So it's what's big to you. But what I'm going to talk about primarily is when it's a either a larger event or on a larger stage, or for whatever reason, there's more, you, you're feeling more pressure, right? There's more going on. It's, it's more complex, let's say, than your kind of quote, normal weekend trial. Thanks, Trip. Um, so it's more complex than that. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And the reason is that... I, one of the big things I think that happens or one of the big common, common, common mistakes that people make is that when they go to a quote big event, they sort of forget to do all the normal things, um, right? Like you want to stick to the things that got you there to begin with, right? So whether it's an event you qualified for, uh, like let's take AKC Agility Nationals, right? There's like a zoo of rings, right? Five, six, seven rings sometimes, maybe not seven, but um, many, many rings. And, you know, sometimes you might not even see everybody because the 16s are always in over here and they never get to see the 24-inch friends or whatever. And so the big thing that I we're going to talk about, we're going to, I'm going to go in order, right? From like preparation and getting ready to get in the car and go all the way to the rituals. And 
But my constant theme today is going to be you've got to stick to the habits or the rituals or whatever you want to call them um, while you're at the events that got you to that event to begin with, right? Don't ditch your rituals. Okay, so let's begin before we get there, okay? So you've qualified for this great event or maybe you've just entered this really big event. Um, I think of my national, I think of the times I've been to invitational, uh, other national events, etc. And the preparation really does start, you know, weeks, maybe months before you're going. And the reason I want to get you to think about many months before is I think that all too often we're like, oh, it's just business as usual. Oh, and then in a month I'm going to this event. And when I look at the really elite competitors, what they're doing in those weeks leading up to the big event is they're actually, kind of amazingly, they're not trying to queue in their competitions. They're looking at the, the big event. Let's just keep calling it the big event. Um, they're looking at that big event as the thing and they want to, and you might have heard this uh, phrase before, they want to quote peak for that event. Well, what they're doing then is they're using all of the other events leading up to it. So say your big event is a month away and you're in three trials between now and that event. Those three trials, the elite athletes or the elite handlers are not trying to cue or win in those events. They're testing their skills. They're trying new things in the ring. They're practicing for the quote big event. Okay. And I think that probably right off the bat, that's a different way to think about it. Because I know that in dogs, you know, we're always, you know, yes, we may have the big event, especially if it's a national or some sort of qualifying event. The event is taking place in a year, but the trials that we're going to now are for the following, trying to qualify for the following years. So we are always on a little bit of a treadmill, if you will, that think of that hamster wheel, um, trying to get to the next event and the next event. But the first thing I want you to start thinking about is months ahead, what does your preparation look like? What are you, how are you looking at those trials that are happening before your event? Are you going to practice at those trials? Are you going to try to practice new skills that you've been working on? You know, typically, if you're doing agility or even rally, the courses that you see at a national event are more difficult than maybe what you see on a regular weekend. So how does that change your handling skills? How does that change your preparation? Um, What is it that you want to practice in the ring? So don't just go on autopilot basically, right? Don't, for those last weeks leading up to your big event, don't go into autopilot. Instead, get really deliberate. You know, I talk about deliberate training, right? Know what you want to work on. Your process goals might be changing because you're not trying to cue, for instance, you're not, maybe you're not working on connection. Maybe you're working on specific handling skills, or maybe there's a um, a move, you know, a, a sign in agility, right, that you really want to get right because you're always losing a point or two at that sign. Uh, for obedience, you know, again, whatever, what dock diving, whatever your sport is, what is the thing that you can really hone in those weeks leading up to it so that when you get to your event, you've already, like, done the backside, you know, done the throttle, practice the thing, and you know what it is, you're confident about those kind of uh, tougher, I'll say, 
handling exercises, right? Handling skills, right? So brush up on your skills. The other thing, you know, it's funny, I, you know, I make a joke out of the fact that I care about what I wear. <laughs> um, but part of the reason I care, and, and this actually has its some of its uh, roots, you know, in my childhood and in the horses and stuff like that, because the, the phrase turnout was really big, um, and how you look to like turn how you were turned out. But also, it comes from my corporate a little bit too, because I think that when you go into a big event, whether it was a big meeting or an interview or something like that, like I do it for myself. I would tell the people that I would mentor, like wear something that makes you feel amazing. Okay. And, um, you know, for women, if you, you know, back in the day where I had to wear business professional, you know, maybe it was the things that make you feel amazing that didn't quite show, (laughs) let's just say, right? So, um, and so in sport, in dog sport, I'm a big fan of if it is within your budget to do so, go get you something a little special. And, you know, I'm also a fan of, you know, we talk about superstition. And I have, while I grew up thinking I was very superstitious, and um, many of my habits can be, um, I guess, interpreted as such still today, I've changed my thought on that a little bit. And I think of it now as being and have it as having intention. Okay, so you might be like, I'm not buying anything new because I'm going to wear that same lucky blue shirt. Okay, well, I just wore my lucky blue shirt the other weekend, right? And the thing is, is I don't know that it's superstition as much as it is is intention that when I put on a specific hat or a specific shirt, I am really thinking of um, my focus for the day. Uh, For instance, when I wear, I have a pink hat that I, when I put, wear my pink baseball hat, I'm really like, it's Tripp's day today. And when I wear my black baseball hat, I'm like, it's, it's Moxie's day today. And it helps me focus and it helps me set an intention. So whether you are wearing your quote, lucky shirt, or you are buying yourself something new so that you feel good, either way, what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to feel my best from the moment I get dressed in the morning. Okay, so again, not asking you to go out and spend a bunch of money, right, or buy a bunch of high-end stuff, um, but I want you to, from the moment you get up in the morning and you take a shower, or maybe you do that night before, sometimes depending on how early you have to get up, um, but I want you, when you leave that hotel room, that you are already feeling good. And for me, at least, clothes really make that difference for me. I really, that's, that's my thing. I'm kind of into that. And so you need to find out what your thing is that is outside of dogs, outside of your handling that just makes you feel better. Okay. The next thing is, is I want you to start thinking about, and again, plan it out. And because you might need to experiment with this, and that's what is your food situation going to be? You know, at dog shows, you know, we have it's it's kind of variety pack of like what kind of food might be available. Um, there is seldom, you know, some really great like you know egg whites on whole wheat toast with blueberries that you're eating in the morning. Um, 
And sorry if that does not sound appealing to you. But um, so I really need you to think about what your food should be. And the reason I say do it a few weeks ahead of time is start to experiment with that. Start to experiment with like, is this the bar you want to have in the morning? Is this, do you want, are you a banana person? Are you, are you really just existing on coffee? And, and are you really as mentally sharp as you could be? Um, and if you instead swap that out for, or maybe just added, um, a, something with really high protein, right? Or do you fade in the afternoon so you need a little carbs in there? You know, really start to pay attention to the impact that your food and your hydration has on your performance during the day. Because the the thing about those um, big events is they take place over usually typically more days and they are typically longer days. Okay, so you have to really think that through. It's they're not these little sprints, you know, we're used to going to trials and maybe having two to four runs a day or, you know, if we have two dogs, you know, maybe that's, you know, times two. But you really need to think about your stamina and your self-care and what your evenings are going to look like, how you're going to, you know, might be longer days. So are you getting up earlier? Are you staying out later? Are you the type that wants to close the bar at night with everybody else? Or do you need to like make yourself go to sleep and get some good rest? So start looking at your schedule and thinking about what your plan is going to be. And when are the days that you can you know, if you are the social butterfly that you can sort of plan for that. And what are the days where you're like, nope, I got to get my butt to bed by, you know, maybe in the hotel room by nine o'clock um, so that I can wind down and get some really good sleep for the next day. And, you know, again, these are things that I'm saying, it sounds kind of ridiculous to think like, I got to think about my sleep a month ahead. Yeah. You do, because you have to treat this like you are the elite athlete that you are, and your dog is the elite athlete that they are, and you start to plan and figure out what those days are going to look like. Because if you wing it, you will abandon some of those good habits that you already have. When we think about our dogs and we think about their food, their hydration, their maybe they're getting a massage, you know, um, in the evenings or something like that. Are you making appointments ahead of time with the massage people who are going to be there because you know that they book up like super fast. So make sure that you're getting that in as well and timing it, right? Because you probably don't want to get a, your dog a massage like right before they're walking into the ring. Um, and so when can you kind of figure that out? Because of course, the end of the day, the appointments are always gone first, right? So start really planning out your day. Again, you're trying to control the controllables, okay? You're trying to figure out, oh, I actually am running low on this. I need to stock up for this now. Or maybe I don't want to take that giant thing of supplements. I want like a little, you know, to-go thing of that. So I need a different container for that. Like start really thinking all of that through so that you can be efficient and you can optimize kind of your whole situation so that when you get there, everything's ready to go. Okay, so in packing the car, of course, that, you know, you might need a list, you might start the running list of things you don't want to forget. You know, again, I have a whole, I have a backpack now for the dogs that contains their, their Beamer, their, which is a PEMF device, and their laser coat, and the back on track coats, and the heating pad, right? And that's all in one bag. And that's all in one bag, because when I set that bag out, 
even like I'll set it out, start making a pile. It'll, it'll be empty. But I know that like, okay, I got to fill that bag. Um, I just recently, for instance, got a brand new duffel bag. And it's one of those duffel bags that have like um, the compartments on the ends, right? Which are about, mm, I'm going to say about three inches wide. And they fit these like nice little like flat coolers that I have that I put their meds, supplements in on the ends. And then their um, travel bowls and their uh dry food, whether it's kibble or I do a lot of dehydrated, um, in the center. And I start getting that kind of organized. And yeah, I have like double things, right? I have bowls they eat out of at home, bowls they eat out of on the road. You know, that bag is like half packed all the time. So start thinking about what are the different bags. I feel like I always show up and I'm like, I have like 12 different bags (laughs) that I walk into a room with. Um, but they all are single purpose. So I know exactly what's in each bag and I don't have to dig through something to get to something else, right? I have my clothes. I mean, my bags are pretty predictable, right? I have my clothes bag. I have my toiletries bag, which actually is this really freaking cute diaper bag. I know it sounds crazy, but it holds everything. It's already packed. It's packed right now. Like I could go right now. (laughs) I'm ready to go to a trial right now. Um, And then of course their suitcase and of course a Yeti cooler because I do raw and um, their therapy bag, I'll call it. And my, usually I take a work bag, like have my laptop or an iPad or something like that. And that bag. So yeah, I feel like I don't even know, what was that seven bags that I have? But they're all single purpose, nothing's too heavy, and I know I'm organized. I know what's in all of that. So think about that. If there's a new bag that you need to replace for yourself, like again, get that now. Don't wait till the day you're leaving for the trial, right? Do you need fans? Do you need different kinds of crating? Do you have water for when you're there? Do you need... I like to pack for big events. I like to pack extra crate mats because I feel like I'm always on cement at big events. And it's kind of a little bit of a princess of the peace situation that I want my dogs to sleep on cushier things and really be able to chill in the crates. So that might be another thing that you think about. Okay. All right. So you know your schedule, you've been practicing, you've been working on your skills, you got, maybe you've got some new threads, you got your, you know, your the lucky clothes are clean. Um uh, maybe, you know, check your shoes, you know, are you going to be running on different footing? Um, do you need uh, more or less tread? Uh, if you're doing obedience rally, are you, you know, matching your shoes to your dog, right? I just was in an obedience rally this weekend and, you know, black pants, black dog every day and, uh, black shoes. So, uh, I actually did do Navy one day. I felt that was close enough. Um, so, you know, make sure that that's organized, right? And do you need clothes at night? Okay. Are you going to be going out? Do you need those kinds of things? So think it through, organize it. I will say that this last year at my national, I actually did my clothes in bins. And I found that because I was gone for, I guess I was gone for a total of 11 days between driving and being there for the week and driving back. And I found that I really liked the bin situation. I had a bin for my clothes and which I'm going to be really transparent. I organize by day and I printed out little Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday drive cards. Yep. And there was a little card on top of each pile of outfit and I was all granuled out and you can make fun of me all you want, but 
I was organized and and I packed perfectly. I wore everything I took and it all worked out. So, um, and by packing them in bins, I was able to stack them. So in one bin, I had my granimals. And uh, if you're old enough to even know what I'm talking about. And uh, in another bin, I had my food that was for the hotel room. So I had my tea, I had my oatmeal, I had bars, you know, all the dry goods stuff. I actually pack a water filter and I use a gravity filter, of course, thank you, Amazon. And it's a Berkey, I think it's called. I think that's right. It's I think it's Berkey. And it's a gravity filter. It actually sort of I don't know, nests in itself, like the top and bottom sort of nest together. And the reason I do that is I think that water is one of the things we sort of forget about when it comes to our dogs. And water can have a major impact on their GI system. And we already know that there's a lot of other GI problems that we run into. So as you're packing, make sure that you're bringing all the probiotics and all the pumpkin powders and those kinds of things that you might need to um, help for a GI system. The other thing is Nature's Pharmacy, and that's with PH uh, Pharmacy. Uh, Nature's Pharmacy has this really great probiotic paste which I find indispensable. <laughs> it is a, like, it looks like a big, kind of almost like a horse syringe, and it um, has little notches, and it tells you, like, per body weight how much to feed, and you just kind of squirt it in their mouths, and it tastes great, and they just kind of lick it up. And I think it's indispensable in terms of, like, the GI issues we run into when we're on the road. I also, when I'm on the road, I always give my dogs cranberry when I'm driving because I think that they're, you know, not pottying as much or differently or you know, they're just, their schedule's off when I'm driving, if I'm, especially if I'm driving far, like across the country. And I, add, I do add just a general probiotic um, to their days when they're out there. Plus, they are getting filtered water that it's not my water from home, but it is my filter from home. And I think that that has really made a difference. Otherwise, you're buying a bunch of water. And even if you're buying water, it's different than potentially than what they're used to, right? Try to stay away from hotel water. Mm, it's not good. I mean, you can smell that stuff right out of the tap. So uh, don't overlook your water. Okay. And for yourself too, right? I mean, it, it affects you. Your your system's probably a little used to, you know, we go to restaurants, we have different types of water all the time, but your dogs don't, right? So think about that as you're packing and getting ready. And for me, I find that taking like my three dogs go through probably, and me probably go through a gallon and a half of water a day. So if you think about them on the road for 11 days, I'm not packing all of that, right? So then you just end up buying it and can you buy the same kind? Anyway, water, water everywhere. Okay, so um, let's see. What else is in my pre-list? So, you know, by the time I leave, I've got, you know, all of my clothes, my clothes organized, all of their stuff organized. If I'm doing, if I'm going to like my specialty, I'm entered in different types of events. So I'll do kind of a mental checklist of like, okay, each day, 
what do they need like in terms of collars and leashes and because for me of course their herding stuff is different than their obedience stuff is different than their agility stuff and certainly their carding stuff so though in confirmation right so if you're doing different venues just make sure that you kind of have it organized and if you have a very packed vehicle as i have had before make sure that your day one stuff is accessible first right that shouldn't be on the bottom and yes of course shocking i have some different bags for different sports um pretty much i've kind of narrowed it down that like agility rally and obedience are in the same duffel and then herding really just gets a different collar and of course my herding stick and then uh, draft is completely separate and that's a ton of equipment because the carts so just think about that too what is it that you want your ring bag to be how are you going to the ring do you have a cooler you know your snack bag like what is what do you, what's that all look like okay so yes, you can tell I'm over-organized. Probably you're thinking like, oh dear God. Um, but yeah, but part of that is, and the key takeaway here is, I'm not telling you to be like me. I'm not telling you my system works for everybody. But what I'm telling you is like, I do my system because it makes me feel like I'm controlling the controllables and I find comfort in it, right? For me, being that organized is is soothing right it's soothing I like to know I like to know that I've got everything organized it just takes away some of the concerns right so whatever is working for you all I'm saying is start thinking about it sooner and start thinking about how you can be preparing okay all right so I'm gonna catch my breath for a second and when we come back let's talk about what we do at the event during like the morning, noon, and night of like how that those days should roll for you. Okay, be right back. All right, just a quick break as I give a shameless plug to one of my favorite masterclasses, and that is the Q Resilience Masterclass. It is available on theqcoach.com, and it is now available as a standalone, self-serve, do it whenever you feel you need it course. And it was created because I felt like we all needed to build our skill around resilience because we need resilience when it comes to coming out of a setback or returning from a disappointment or even resetting in between classes or days or trials or events or what have you. You know, not everything goes perfectly. Not everything goes according to plan. And sometimes we need a little help coming back from that. So a lot of people talk about hey, how do I bounce back? And I don't really want you to bounce back. I want you to bounce forward. I want you to recover. I want you to reconnect, maybe redo your plan. Um, and I want you to have those skills. And so that's why I created the Q Resilience Masterclass. And like I said, it's now available self-serve. So check it out on theqcoach.com. And if you take it, let me know what you think. Thanks. Okay, now let's talk about the event itself. So you've gotten yourself there, you're all packed, you brought all the right things, you brought all the clothes, the coats, the everything, and now it's time. All right, well, because you started preparing a month ago, you have the right food, you have the right water, you have 
um, all of your supplies, okay? So, you know, and I've literally kind of, heck, I've measured it out to like, I've got, you know, six bars, right? Because that that's going to be my breakfast every day or, you know, oatmeal and the paper bowls, you know, so because if anyone's tried to clean oatmeal out of a bowl that they left in the sink for two days and didn't put water in it, you know why you would bring a paper bowl. Um, So yeah, you've got all of your supplies, right? And the reason this matters is, again, our rituals are really important. Our rituals are the things that ground us, that kind of systematically or systemically, I should say, tell our bodies that we're fine and safe and familiar. And when we think about it, what we're trying to do is we're trying to support our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the part of the nervous system that says, everything's calm, everything's fine, we're safe, this is good. So when I go through all of that stuff about like me being organized, like, yes, of course, I'm a fan of the container store. This is my life. But it's not just so I can be organized for organizational sake. It's so that I can be calm. It's so that I know that the those kinds of other things are taken care of and I don't have to worry about it. I get to focus on performing. I know that my bag for the trial is packed, is ready. Everything that I need is in it. I know that. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to have a last minute scramble. We want to make sure that we are setting ourselves up to perform at our best. And so in order to do that, yeah, it it takes me a month to get ready for a big event. Very slowly, not every day. Um, uh, but yes, a week before I actually put things in a suitcase, I'm making little piles on a, you know, on a gas bed. And um, so that when I get to the trial now, I kind of know what I'm going to eat for breakfast every day. Okay. Is that boring? Perhaps. <laughs> okay. But if I know that I'm getting out of bed and I got to be out of the hotel room by 730 every morning, I don't want to think about what am I eating? I just want it done. I want to just know it because that calms me down, okay? That tells me that that thing is taken care of and I don't have to spend any energy, time, or worry on it. And yeah, I might get home and not want to see oatmeal for a while or at least out of the little packets, right? And I might crave a real diner breakfast or something like that. But for the week, I know that my dogs and I are taken care of. The other thing is, is our dogs like routine. So as much routine that we can bring with us from home to the road will really help them feel calm and secure and like they know what's coming next. All right. My dogs definitely understand there's a little bit of a different routine in a hotel room. I travel enough that they're very comfortable in that. But I will tell you that my hotel routine is pretty much the same. Okay. So again, what you're trying to do is create calm. All right. Because you're trying to make sure that everything is taken care of and is out of the way. Okay. So in the mornings, I'm doing the same routines as I do when I'm at a local trial. All right. I'm getting up. I'm taking care of the dogs. I'm taking care of myself. Everybody's eating. Everybody has beverages. Everybody's organized. The car's organized and we're off. I try to get to an event an hour before 
that's my time frame, doesn't have to be yours, uh, because an hour before lets me walk the dogs for a while, again, giving their bodies a good warm up, allowing us to do any stretching, maybe I'm even stretching them out or something, or working on some tight spots, maybe they're putting their back on track coat back on afterwards, um, you know, and we're getting their bodies organized. Um, you know, I've set up my crates if that's appropriate. I'm getting everything out of the way. I'm checking in. I'm doing all of those same things as if it were a normal trial. Okay. And I say normal, I shouldn't say that as if it was a regular weekend trial, because again, I want it to feel like no biggie. Okay. You know, your body's already going to react your, your nerves, your lizard brain, all of that's going to all kick in, it kick in because you're going to be like, oh, this matters more. All right. And that this matters more thought is the thing that will kill you. <laughs> okay. And of course I mean that metaphorically. Um, but what I mean is that's the thing that takes you off the, off your game the fastest because you're thinking about an outcome to say that this event matters more means you're already thinking that in terms of the end, like, how did you do? What were you going for? You know, um, you know, some of us, We'll go to a big event and be like, I, do, I just don't want to embarrass myself. <laughs> and I've been that person. Um, and I, you know, the first time I went to the invitation, the Agility Invitational in, and it was in Orlando. It was when it first, I guess one of the first years it was in Orlando. Um, you know, I went in the first practice day. I was great, fine whatever. And then the next day I got so excited. I literally gave myself a migraine when I was like 10 dogs out. And one of my things when I get migraines, which thankfully, knock on wood, I don't really get as much anymore. Um, but I lose vision in one side, right? So it's typically my right side and I lose vision. Like my peripheral is gone. Like if you're standing next to me, I can't see you. And so imagine running an agility course when you can't see out of one side. And of course, my dog was looking at me before we go and like, what is wrong with you? Right. And that I just got so amped. Right. And so out of my body, out of my head, out of my mind. Right. And um, because it, I let it be a big event. I let it be a big deal. And I got very carried away in it. And I wasn't sticking, it was a long time ago, but it was, I wasn't really sticking to rituals. I wasn't really doing the things that I know work. I just was getting all caught up in the excitement. And of course, the result was every awful thing that you can imagine. I mean, we did crazy off course. I mean, I couldn't see, like, let's just be very clear. I could not see. And so then it was, it was two runs later when we finally were clean. The next run was fine and I get rid of my headache or whatever. But like the next day, I guess, was when we were clean. And I literally said to someone, I was like, oh, I feel like I redeemed myself. Well, even that thought says that I had put this event up on this pedestal. And yes, on one hand, it is a big event and it does, quote, matter more and we do want to do better. But when we let ourselves get carried away by those thoughts, then first of all, those are all outcome thoughts. Okay, those are not process thoughts. Um, and we're thinking externally because a lot of times we're thinking about like when I said, oh, I redeemed myself. 
to whom? To me? To like who? Like who's caring about this? That was That's an external thought. That's an outcome thought. That's a, oh my God, somebody else who's watching me thought. And in truth, remember, and I've said this a million times before, is, you know, a lot of people see us run, but they're not really watching, right? They're, they're thinking about themselves. They're worried about themselves. They're, they have their own anxieties. Everybody's coming with their own set of expectations or hopes or dreams or outcome goals and process goals, and everybody has their own stuff. So you got to remember that they, no offense, they don't care as much about you as they care about themselves and their own their own results, okay? So it is more important than ever that you stick to your rituals, you stick to your habits. If you are getting in a good habit and you're finding some time to meditate in the morning and ground yourself, like all those things really matter now. And that's why I'm always harping on everybody to practice meditating and breathing and rituals and all that kind of stuff in all the weeks before, in all those backyard local trials, that's when you got to practice that stuff. Because when you get to the big events, that's when you really need it. And you need those skills honed, right? So I'm watching the Olympics as we all are probably, maybe most of us are glued to. And I love, I guess, I mean, I have so many favorite parts. And I wrote a blog post this week on just kind of the impact of it for me. And I, and I said that, you know, when I was a kid, the, the world just stopped for the weeks during the Olympics. I was just glued to like whatever sport was on TV. And of course, the number of sports has really grown in my lifetime. And so it's even more interesting of all the things that we can watch. Um, but what I love is the similarities of these incredibly elite you know, Olympian gods, right? Who are the the moments before they're getting ready to do their thing. And there's just so many similarities, right? There are so many of them, you catch them, or the camera, I should say, catches them visualizing, right? Maybe they're closing their eyes. You see their head moving back and forth or even rocking or moving side to side, or they're just sort of, you know, whatever. And you can tell they're running through the course or what they have to do in their heads, right? They're visualizing. Um, You can see, you know, of course, I tune into the equestrians heavily and you can see them, some of them will even be pointing or using their fingers or, you know, whatever, and like thinking about the course and their route and what they have to do. And they're just, they're going through it, right? They're going through it. And, you know, pick a sport, Um, you know, even golf, right? They're doing their their same. So, you know, golfers, now that that's an Olympic sport, it's interesting because, you know, they have their same, quote, batter's box routine, as do softball, baseball, everybody. But, you know, that they, they do their same thing. It's not different. And the last thing all of them do, all of them do, is they take that last big breath. They take that last grounding breath that reminds their bodies that, hey, you're this this thing that you feel in your body self self I say it's not fear it's excitement it's excitement and you've been here before and you know how to do this so deep breath ground yourself tell yourself physically that you're safe and your parasympathetic nervous system is active and this is not a lizard brain moment this is a moment where you're your frontal cortex needs to be fully engaged so and the rest of the world fades away and you only are here to do what you came to do and so you know 
those lessons are learnable. Those skills are learnable. Being able to get yourself in that state of mind is literally what all this mental management stuff is about. It's about being able to call upon it. And so watching the Olympians, I think, is really um, inspiring, obviously, right? Because they're like freaking gods in their sport. But also in watching their mental prep, because you can literally see it happen in those moments before they step to the line, whatever their line is, right? They, they step onto the, onto the, into the uh, arenas of their sports. And I just think it's, you can see the preparation, at least I feel like I can see the preparation in that moment. And they learned it. They did not come out of the box like that. I mean, some of them, maybe it comes easier than others. Um, But this is why I encourage you to sort of practice this before you get to your big event. So that by the time you get to your big event, it's normal, right? Um, I did a podcast. Go back and look. I'm not sure. I'll put which episode it was in in the show notes. But I did a wrap up of my specialty And go back and listen to that if you're interested because I do wrap up some of the things I think went well and that includes some of my preparation, right? So go back and you kind of hear it in, uh, I guess, from the rear view mirror. Um, But I think there's some lessons to be learned there, okay? So the other thing is make sure that at a big event, your dogs are getting the same amount of time, attention, recovery, rest that they would at a weekend trial. You know, the days aren't just longer for us, they're longer for them as well. And they will need some special attention too. So make sure you are taking care of them. Okay. Um, I think it's interesting that this episode is this long because it's that much preparation that goes into these big events. And I want you to do all of the things. Um, Yes, you can get obsessive about packing cubes and bins and those kinds of parts. And if that's where your anxiety needs an outlet, then do that, right? I told you, I think organizing is very soothing to me. So that's kind of my self-soothe routine. But I am proud that I am now really sticking to my ritual rituals and to watch me at a big event is not different than watching me at a weekend trial like a regular weekend trial. So that part of it I've gotten down and my rituals are um, non-negotiable. I make sure that I do them. And I even, this last time I even did yoga for sure once, maybe kind of a half-assed job twice um, in my room and some breathing exercises and some meditation and take some guided meditation and get grounded right? You spent all that time, effort, money getting to this big event. Don't chintz out on the execution of it, okay? That would be my, uh, (laughs) that would be my summary, okay? So I hope this helps you and mostly I hope that you qualify for a lot of big events. Um, It's summer as I record this, uh, depending on when you're listening and um, qualifying invitations are in the mail for the AKC Agility Invitational in Orlando. And I always love seeing all those posts on Facebook, maybe next year for us. Um, But uh, it's wonderful. And I think that if you're going in December, you really need to start preparing in October. 
and thinking about what kind of experience you want to have while you're down there. Yes, buy the t-shirt. Yes, buy all the videos. Buy all the things. Enjoy the moment. Take all the pictures. Soak it all up. But make sure that you are sticking to the habits, the rituals, the skills that got you there to begin with. Okay? All right. I hope that helps. Um, And I'm not embarrassed that I'm a neurotic organizer. I'm okay with that. And uh, anyway, I hope there are a lot of big events in your future. That's it for this episode. Make sure you have a great week with your dogs and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Mindset Coaching for Handlers podcast with me, Julie Bacon. I am so grateful for your precious time. I would love it if you found me on Instagram or Facebook at The Q Coach and let me know how it's going. I also offer a monthly membership that's perfect for ongoing support of your awesome goals. Check out theqcoach.com for details or just stop by and check out the blog and other free content. And finally, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave a review as it helps us podcasters tremendously. Plus, I know I get my best podcast recommendations from friends. Thanks and have a great week with your dogs.